We knew this was going to be a big one, the post-NFL Combine edition of Character Concerns. 40s were ran, barbells were bench-pressed, records were broken, but then, all of a sudden, Monday afternoon, bigger news, the biggest news, came out that Orlando Brown Jr. will not be franchise-tagged. Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero, I am Nick Schwert. We've got a lot to discuss here, guys. All the the combine stuff has to take a back seat for just a brief moment. Left tackle was at least a position of interest. I don't know if you would have put it at the top of your list of priorities, but it was one that people were circling because we didn't know the long-term future for Orlando Brown Jr. And it's still important to note, as of the recording of this podcast at 2.30 on Monday afternoon, we still don't know the long-term plan for Orlando Brown Jr. Kansas City can still work out a long-term deal with him, but they have stated that the tag number is too high. He will not be franchise tagged, so they'll either get him on a long-term extension or they will let him walk in free agency, which I think that is the surprising aspect, that they would lose him for nothing. So let's just start here. How does this impact the Chiefs' interest or how they should attack the tackle position in the NFL draft next month. If we didn't know anything about Brett Veach or Andy Reid, and we were just looking at this from outside in, we'd be like, okay, well, for sure that means that number one need is is left tackle now. But we all have followed this team for a while now. We know how Brett Veach operates. We know how Andy Reid operates. And we know they're not the kind of team that does things for no reason, especially something like this, especially because they let it get out. When something like this gets out, generally it's like, okay, there's there's a reason behind this. And I tend to believe that they feel like they've come to some sort of compromise enough to where they can work out some sort of deal. Maybe it's not the five, six-year deal that they were hoping to, that I know Lando Brown Jr. was hoping to get. I think that something has come across where they feel like we can get a deal done and we can take care of this issue right now so we don't have to worry about messing with it in the draft. That's so, what I So think. here's what we know. We know that on Monday, the Chiefs and Orlando Brown Jr.'s representation met. We knew that at the beginning of the day. We knew they were going to meet. I don't know if any of us suspected that news of this nature would come down so quickly, but we knew they met on Monday, which would basically tell me one of two things. That meeting went... Really, really well. Or really bad. Yeah, or, or really, 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 really poorly. The two and sides. Now, like, we just don't want yeah. this guy anymore. And it doesn't mean they won't do anything. And here, here's the pros and cons. They had to sign this by tomorrow. March 7th is the deadline to sign tag. Actually, that'll be today by the time this podcast. Oh, yeah, by today. People Excuse may be me. listening on Tuesday. We're, as we're recording on the 6th, it's the 7th. And then you have till July 15th to sign a long-term contract. Now, the thing with Orlando Brown is so interesting. Last year, you got the tag. So you played on the tag. This year, they would have to give him 120% of that. So the to high, be around $20 million. Right around $20 million. They had to pay him 120 million, uh, 120% higher than last year. They'd put him around there. But, you know, Isaiah wins, the Jeremiah Flemings, uh, or Isaiah wins, the Cameron Fleming from Denver that played right tackle and left tackle. Orlando Brown's at the top of the list. I mean, he knows this too. You look at the list of free agents, he's going to be right up there. So the Chiefs are going to have to pay a pretty penny and just won a Super Bowl with the quarterback taking up the highest cap space in NFL history. Uh, taking 17%, the winning quarterback. So they have decisions. Now here, Here's the pros for him. Pat Mahomes loves him. You know, he always gets invited to go out and do these, you know, fun things. The Patrick Mahomes, they're close. Uh, number two, people need to stop calling him OBJ. 
Because I think Odell Beckham, every time they tweet that. I, I call him OBJ. But stop it. I'm going to keep calling him OBJ. It's Orlando Brown. Stop this whole Orlando OBJ. Brown Jr. He's OBJ. I don't, I don't like people saying OBJ. OBJ is one guy. You can't have two guys be the same guy. He's our OBJ. Only one OBJ is currently he's, playing in he's, the NFL. He's out, yeah, Exactly. Right. He's our OBJ. Anyway, all right. So it's a little pet peeve there. It has nothing to do with anything. But I just wanted to bring it up. But <laughs> the line was really in continuity. I mean, they really were starting to gel, and they played all these these downs together. He was a Pro Bowl starter. I know it doesn't mean a damn thing, but he's got that in his resume, and he's got an agent that's never dealt with NFL players. He has never had an NFL player as agent. So I thought the Chiefs would just be like, okay, sit down here. Let's talk. Because the Chiefs are all these guys like Brent Tillis and Brett Beach and these two-time Super Bowl champion front office talking to somebody that doesn't even have a client ever. Okay, that's one thing. The other thing is, he's a charitable guy in this town. Orlando Brown does some charity work here in Kansas City and really likes it. He's admitted to really like it in Kansas City. They give him his opportunity to play left tackle, and he's got hardware for it. His dad always wanted him to play left tackle. In Baltimore, they had him at right tackle because of Ronnie Stanley. When he gets hurt, they moved him over to left tackle as a running offense. He likes the pass block a bit as well. So all these things tell me, all these things spell a guy that could give you a hometown discount, but I think like Juju, he's going to understand his real value. And you hope his agent would kind of understand what his value is. Because Juju, when he goes to free agency, he's looking as a top three guy. Orlando Brown, maybe the top guy at tackle in the NFL. And I will say this. If they do lose him, which I think there's a good chance they do at this point, they still got number pick 58 back. And I hope people remember that before they just blow up. Oh, Chiefs got out the four. Well, they got a starting left tackle in the Super Bowl. And they got pick 58 that turned into Nick Bolton who was the second-leading tackler in the National Football League. So we'll let's forget about Orlando Brown. Don't forget Big 58 came over in that trade as well. Okay, so let's frame it like this. We know that Orlando Brown Jr. is not getting the franchise tag. Between now and next Monday, the Chiefs could strike a long-term deal with him. That it's is been reported. That is still in the cards. Remember they, Derek Carver's leading towards the Jets, remember? They still have until Monday to sign a long-term deal with him. They could also be trying to orchestrate some sort of trade, not involving Orlando Brown Jr. to go out and get a different left tackle. We don't know that either. Let's frame this in the context of the draft. Let's, let's imagine a scenario where the Chiefs are saying, we would rather take a flyer on one of these left tackles in the draft, whether that means sitting at 31 or, or trading up to try and get one of the elite-level left tackles. If they think that is the better option right now than signing Orlando Brown Jr., your reaction to that move would be what? I I don't know. I, I want a veteran presence here. And I know we, we could talk about it till we're blue in the face. I, I'm just not enamored by the rookies, especially sitting at 31. Now, you better trade up if you want like a Peter Skronsky, somebody like that. Maybe a Darnell Wright. Uh, Peter Skaronsky is probably going to be the first tackle off the board. He's probably a top 10 guy. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's, it's a Patrick Mahomes type move. Are you willing to move for left tackle? Like the other guys, um, Darnell Brod- Wright is, is possibly. Broderick Jones Broderick Jr. Jones is, is moving up, though. Those are probably going to have to be 18 to 21. And you wouldn't be a fan of that move. I, I, yeah. But again, this is not where I want the Chiefs to be. I didn't want to be in a position to have to draft <laughs> offensive line again. There's other fish to fry with this team, and all of a sudden this is a setback because I figured Orlando Brown okay, gets so tagged like, in. Okay, then let's, then, okay, but then let's pull it back there for a second. Because, yes, you want a veteran presence, but you know, as Chris said earlier, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, they're looking at this through every single possible scenario imaginable, and they're saying, 
you know, even if we give Orlando Brown Jr. the franchise tag, that's only kicking the can down the road to have to revisit this again next year. Let the, maybe they love this free this uh, draft class of left tackles, and they say, I would rather plan for the future and know that maybe it's a setback this year, but in years two, three, and four, not only are we getting comparable level play, we're doing it without having to pay a guy $25 million, which is in the neighborhood of what Orlando Brown Jr. would likely be seeking in a long-term contract. If you frame it like that, is that that much of a risk for the Chiefs to take if you're viewing this from the big-picture perspective? It's hard to say. I just hate to see him use a rookie because this team's too good for this. And I know that all the, the rookies... Couldn't the you sixth, argue they're too good to overpay for they, last year a left tackle as well? Last year, third in the NFL in snaps by rookies. So that was in the most for a Super Bowl-winning team since 91. So, yeah, they have shown that tendency to draft well. 21 last 22 draft picks... For the Chiefs are still technically on the roster in some way or another, whether they'll be here or not next year, probably not going to be the question. But 21 and 22 sit on there now. They had four in the defensive backfield. But I again, protecting Patrick Mahomes, do you want a rookie? With these pass rushers this division has, because they do have good pass rushers, and so does the rest of the AFC, people are loading up on pass rushers. If you're going to start a rookie, you got to be careful. Because I remember the year when they went out and got Orlando Brown, and it was Sam Cosme, it was Liam Eichenberg. All guards now, or yeah. Alex Leatherwood, who's moved to guard, <laughs> not even who was the Allen for Trophy winner, who was drafted by the Raiders to pick twenty four, when he probably should have gone to second or third round. Yeah, he's like, well, he is still he's like on the Bears roster. Oh, is he on point. the Bears roster now? Yeah, yeah. I think so. But hey, Tevin Jenkins was another guy that they were linked to, who's playing. What is he? Right tackle. But, but that was different. That Maybe was guard? the pandemic year. Guys didn't yeah, play. They didn't yeah. play non conference games. I get that. But still, when you're sitting here, if you really want to fix your left tackle, I believe you got to move up. I, I think that edge rusher and tackle. Kind of dictates you move up if you want a guy to play this year. Because, again, the window's open. The window closes so fast in the National Football League. Ask the Rams. Ask the Buccaneers how fast that window closes. And the Chiefs have been able to keep the window open. Well, the window doesn't stay open by using a left tackle rookie uh, to start a season. I Listen, it's the right guy. They can do it. I don't care where you're picking them. Being a left tackle in the National Football League on day one, Chris, is a tough task. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't you. care how good you are. I, I agree with you. And that's the reason why I, I tend to think that they they think they can get him long term. They think there's a reasonable number that they can pay him. I'm sure Mahomes is in their ear, like, "Hey, keep this guy here." You That's know, what I'm saying. The Mahomes factor. In the I'm same. sure. I'm sure he's in their ear because I mean, look, Orlando but Brown he Jr. did allow Tyree Kill to go <laughs> trade, get traded, and, and, he, and he did too. And maybe they think they can work a trade or something there. I don't know. But like, this isn't a great free agent class for for left tackles this year. And that uh, you know, like you brought up, the Chiefs would have to trade up. At worst, top 15, but more than likely top 10 in order to get a guy like like Skaronsky or Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So you're this isn't a great tackle class for a well, left tackle class right now after like probably the top 10. So if you're going to draft that guy, you got to trade up really high. We know what it was for the Chiefs to go from 27 to 10 just to get Mahomes. It's an incredibly pricey move. So in all likelihood... I don't think the move-ups on the table. I don't think drafting a left tackle in the first round is really on the table. I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to sign him long-term, and then they're going to kind of focus on right tackle in free agency or whatever. So that's to me, I think that's why this this was announced, because I think they're like, hey, we think we can, we can come to a common ground with Orlando. And signing Orlando Brown Jr. to a long-term extension would also crystallize things for the NFL draft because at the very yeah. least we would know you are no longer targeting that as a value position. Maybe you need to draft somebody later to get a right tackle. You're not 
spending a first-round pick to draft your right tackle if you end up letting Andrew Wiley walk in free agency. But uh, an interesting nugget to come out on Monday afternoon that one way or another is going to impact how the Chiefs attack this 2023 NFL draft. Okay, guys, um, so now that we have gotten that out of the way, I want to look back on the weekend that was in Indianapolis because... Uh, this was a record-setting weekend. A lot of guys at different positions setting records, whether it was an impressive tight end class. There were some big uglies putting up some really impressive numbers in the explosive categories, in the speed categories. So all in all, take whatever position you guys want to, whatever player you guys want to, was there a player that specifically stood out or impressed you the most in Indy? Three guys that really jumped. Oh out. wow, you're gonna take three. three not guys. even two. He's not taking a two. third. Three guys. I really liked. Um and we we were in the group chat. We all we all talked about this. So you you guys know who I'm talking about. For, number one, Nolan Smith, Georgia. Uh kid had a hell of a combine. Four three nine forty time. His split his his ten yard split was like one five two, which is I mean, anything one five six or lower is elite. He was putting up Skill position yes. numbers. He's putting. Like, he was faster than a lot of the receivers that ran, which is really crazy for an edge rusher. He was a guy that was like probably second round, maybe borderline late first. Um, he, I could very well see a team trading back into the first or a team who is in the twenties being like, okay, let's take a let's take a flyer on this kid because he's got the physical profile he does. Another guy, and I, I know you bought, you brought him up in our in our group chat, Kalijah uh, Cansey from Pitt. Um, has drawn some Aaron Donald like uh, comparisons. Now, is I, that I, because he's from Pitt that he's that getting too, the Aaron that Donald? Too, but also the size as well, six one two eighty. I think it's a little bit. I mean, that's a hell of a, a, a thing to compare person to compare him to. But four six seven forty time. I don't think he did the bench press, so that's you know there's mystery there. But I thought he did good. And then one guy, I think. That was like sneaky good. Uh, Yaya Diaby from Louisville, kind of just he he put up some really strong numbers. Good uh, ten yard split. Like I think he I think he could very well be a good rotational guy. Probably like a th- you know third day guy. I really liked what I saw from him. So this was like a really strong NFL like a uh, combine for like linemen, defensive linemen, like interior linemen. Uh, edge rushers. It was really, really strong, and I was really surprised by that because I think we were all expecting like receivers to really go out there and show out, and we didn't get that. They stole the show, and I was with you on Kansi. Here was a guy, even Kalaja Kansi was was picked by the Chiefs, unanimous All American at Pitt, like Aaron Donald. Some say undersized, you know, he's two hundred eighty one pounds, whatever. Can they get the two ninety really quick? Yes, it can. But it's also a guy he can play defensive line, he can play edge, a lot like Chris Jones. You can do a lot of different things with Kansi, and. Well, Chris was talking about that four six seven at two hundred eighty one pounds, um, fastest time by a defensive tackle since two thousand six, only to be beaten on the defensive line by uh, Adaware from North Kansas City High School, yeah, yeah, who ran yeah. a four four nine at two hundred eighty two pounds. So the only guy two hundred eighty two plus, they think maybe in the history of the draft to run that fast. He stood out. Nolan Smith stood out to me. He was just an absolutely um, offensive freak. And the one guy that did stand out to me still, and I'll defend him to this point. Even though I, I may have found somebody I like a little bit better, is is Jalen Hyatt, and he didn't run the, in the fourth. Real quick, real quick, is this going to be a a weekly occurrence? Uh, the Jalen Hyatt. Do we need to do we need to set aside 
<laughs> seven to ten minutes well, every Monday like a new for you to discuss Jalen Hyatt. We can't. You can't do both. No, you can't do Stetson one or and Jalen. There's got to be one of the. Well, other. Here's, the here's the thing about him. He's getting a lot of ridicule for the four four. Well, it's still four four zero. It's really it's a good number. Canary's Tony's considered extremely fast. He's four three nine. He's four three nine to four four zero. And by the way, Sky Moore is slower in the forty. How much did Jalen Hyatt uh, tip the scales at? Oh, I thought it was 187. I think. Uh, no, you're giving him a little too much there. It's was it? 175. Yeah, no, it was 175. He's, like, he's got to add some. Add, got to add some beef. No, you don't say. I think he's fine. You I don't think say. He's, he's got to add a little beef. But the bottom line is, here's the thing. No, no, here's no, no, no. Whoa. I actually have beef. I have beef with you because I don't actually the three think cone. He was number one overall. 20-yard shuttle, number one overall. We're not talking Jay, number one wide nothing. receiver. Bink We're talking loving those the cone number number. one Jay, player Jay, in two categories. Jay, the best. Is there anything that Jalen Hyatt could have done that would have led you to not coming in here and saying his name right now? I think you were going to be impressed with him no matter what because he's your guy. If he was a 4-5 or something. I was about to say, if he was a 4-5 with those same cone, and, and, no, you definitely could not have defended him for that. Oh, by the way, Cancy, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was... Uh, 14 and a half tackles for loss last year. I just want to let it be known uh, to the listener, the listening audience. Chris already knows this. Bink, I don't know if he has it printed out in front of him. Uh, right here for topic number one of this podcast, it says, whose combine performance impressed you the most? And no, no receivers or quarterbacks. No receivers. We'll talk about them later. Because I did not I did not, bring right. up, I did not bring up a receiver at all. I didn't even talk about it. What did Bink do? I didn't even, uh, immediately. And, and immediately as soon as he was like, you know, I know he didn't. And have I just want you to know, Bink, that note was specifically for you. And, and when and when he started bringing, I know he didn't have the best combine. I was like, I know exactly yep. where he's going, and he's going to go against what we put on okay. the rundown. All right. Well, well there they it is. should just sits back <laughs> with Christian Watson, right? Here's a guy six four running a four three six. I mean, the Chiefs passed up on. He was a combine freak last okay. year. Okay. Okay. So they must mess it. But bottom line is, listen, it, edge rushers are a lot like um, tackles. You go two thousand twenty one, round one through eighteen, or the. First first round, 1 through 18, 1 through 15, there was 12 of these picked. Round 1, there's 18 players picked. 1 through 15, 12 of them. And round 2, 5 of them. Round 3, 2 of them. Round 5, 1, 2 undrafted. And you look at this. Last year, out of the top sackers, and I took 24 because some guys were tied there to get into the 20s, 11 of these guys were first round, 4 second round, 5, uh, five third round, 3 fourth round, 1 fifth round. That just goes to show you. I mean, you gotta you gotta draft them early, a defensive line and edge. I mean, yeah, Carl Loftus is due, fall off the tree from time to time, but you better get it in, in Max Crosby. Yeah. When you think about guys that excelled with double digit sacks yeah. as rookie season, because typically that's an unusual number for people to have. Just some numbers here to back up some of the guys you were talking about. Uh, I don't. I think Chris, you mentioned. I mean, I'm going to try my best at his name here. Adetamiwa Adabare. From did North I, yeah, did Adabari, I get that, that Bink brought him up. Did but, I get that correctly? Yeah, and he's I, the and one with the uh, 280 his, his teammates and coaches just call him Tommy, so that's what I'm going to call yeah, him. Yeah, there's, Tommy. There's like, you can go on his pro football reference, and yeah. it, has a, it has a pronunciation so, on it. So you talk about breaking records, 6'2", 282. He ran a 4'4", 940, which I think you, you alluded to this, Bink. It's the fastest by any player over 275 pounds since 2003. His vertical, his vertical, 37 and a half, that's the highest vert of anybody over 250 pounds. So you're talking about record-setting numbers for a guy who I don't even know what position he plays. Juju had a 4.640, right? I think I'm pretty sure he had a 4.640. So this dude is faster than Juju. I mean, he's faster than Nick Bosa. He's <laughs> he faster, faster than, Holmes, than Aaron sure. Donald. He's faster than Mahomes. Mahomes like 4.8. All guy. of them. 
Uh, now he's supposed to be the the fastest ever. Yeah, with anybody over two hundred eighty two pounds. So not since so three or anything ever. So you're talking about a guy who was out there doing edge drills. He was doing defensive tackle drills. He was doing linebacker drills, which I love for a guy who, when you come in and your biggest knock is being a tweener. We don't know what position you play, and he just leans into it. He says, "Okay, then, then I'll play all of them, and I'm going to look really good in all of them." The question becomes, did he play himself into day one conversation, or is he still going to be a day I think two, so. three guy? I think he's getting a day one. By the way, he's four five four for GU. Four five four. So he is. Yeah. So, yeah, so still, I mean, it's cool. yeah, still one other still guy, faster. One other guy. But I think he gets up to the first. One round. other guy I want to bring up just because uh, I don't know how interested the Chiefs are going to be in him, but I brought him up last week and. He, he it was one of the more impressive guys at the combine, Darnell Washington, tight end. Oh man, he was good. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you do this. You know, I tried to figure this out. You know, he's six seven, two hundred and sixty four pounds. He ran a four six four forty. He has the largest wingspan of any tight end in the history of the combine. He ran the third fastest shuttle time of anybody <laughs> at the combine. Uh, I think it's like if Rob Gronkowski and a Ford F two fifty. Got together and had a baby, and that baby grew up to play football. That would be Darnell Washington. He's a Mack truck who also has an insane vertical, insane athletic ability. He is twitchy. If you made this guy in Madden, you would break the game. They're not supposed to Except move Except they quite talk like about this. the double catch a lot, with the ball bouncing and then the catch. That's one of the things they talked about. And then he started to do things. He said, try to catch with one hand. One of the scouts was there said, hey, try to catch with one hand. And he reaches out with the one paw and got a standing ovation for the rest of his teammates. And showed his ability. But these are things that can be fixed. But that's but the beauty of the combine. The is other thing that is, too, he can also be a tackle. I mean, this is a tackle that can catch. So if the Chiefs are the situation where if they had to go rookie tackle, and you have a guy like Washington there as well, I mean, he they were able to get two for sure. Last year at Georgia, he played right next to Broderick Jones, and they used that as just these two sort of earth movers. Yep. Now, that's the beauty of the combine, is not all of these guys are going to be great NFL players. Not all of them are going to be day one picks. But when you go out there and you are able to showcase your physical traits, that is how you improve your draft stock. That's how you go from being a day two or three guy to being a day one guy. That's how you go from being on the cusp of uh, being a, an unsigned free agent to all of a sudden maybe... Uh, hearing your name called on day three. So a lot of impressive guys. We didn't get to wide receivers with the exception of Bink bringing up Jalen Hyatt, even though we gave him specific instructions. He couldn't help himself. I don't blame him. He said to stand out. I did not think he was going to apply. I know. I wasn't going to. I was going to stay with defensive line, but damn it. <laughs> I knew he couldn't, couldn't help, help himself. Because we want to talk about wide receivers right now. There was a report that came out on Sunday from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN where he said that the Chiefs are attempting to re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster before free agency again begins. I don't think this is any real shock. Even throughout the season, we knew the Chiefs were interested in signing him to a long-term extension. But once free agency hits, priorities change, the draft, the combine, GMs are rubbing elbows at uh, St. Elmo's Steakhouse in Indianapolis, eating shrimp cocktails, talking about who they want, what they're in the market for. Things begin to change a little bit. So I want to go with this report from Jeremy Fowler. Let's just imagine, hypothetically, if the Chiefs are able to work out a long-term extension with Juju before the draft, how does it change how they address receiver in this draft? Because I think we're all in agreement that as it currently stands, that is one of, if not the top priority for the Chiefs in this draft, specifically with the first round, 31st, or if they move up. Would re-signing Juju change that in your guys' minds at all? 
I think it does. I think it has to. If they bring Juju back and you spend that money because he's not going to come back cheap uh, to this team, that does kind of change things. Or maybe try to look at the other side. Because who knows if Frank Clark, Clark's going to come back on a kind of a hometown discount. If he does, that's good for the Chiefs. But I want. I think they're going to want to see somebody over there on the opposite side of Karloftis. It's kind of like we've seen in the past with the D Ford that was supposed to be the guy, and Tom Ali actually got two extra contracts because D Ford wasn't ready uh, to take over for that back when the Chiefs used to draft to replace, like Fisher for Brandon Albert. That kind of scheme that the Poe Chiefs got Poe got replaced. Yeah, yeah, the, that kind of theme that the Chiefs had in, in those days, and um, I, I think a lot of it went down to that. But I think that uh, if they lose Juju, and there's been talk about you know, hey. MVS is not 100% safe either. That's a $7.5 million salary cap savings if they dump him. But I'll go back to this. Patrick Mahomes is the highest priced player on this team. Half a billion dollar quarterback. And we're talking about, you know, defending him on the line, having Orlando Brown Jr. back here with the Chiefs in that situation. But you got to get him some some stuff. And I always bring the Porsche up in your garage. You got to have gas for it. And Mahomes, yes, he beat the Bengals. Um, with the wing and a prayer. There was nobody out there, and your guy, Fortson, out there running wide receiver routes. My guy. Again. Just to be clear, that's who. Your when guy. he said your guy, he was referring to me uh, and my personal, close personal best friend. You got you yeah, you to think for But I, I've man. always been for them getting a wide receiver. Obviously, Orlando Brown does change things. Uh, I've never felt that Juju is getting up back here because he's going to get the bag. Um, oftentimes, I've compared him to Christian Kirk. Both of them are 26 years old. 26. Both of them were born in November of 96. But both of their favorite colors are green. Well, here's the thing, though. They grew up watching the same show, Ed, Ed, and Eddie back in the day. (laughs) Juju, 79 games. Christian Kirk, 73. Juju, 401 catches. Christian Kirk, 320. Juju, 4,788 yards. Christian Kirk, 4,010. Touchdowns, Juju, 29. Christian Kirk, 25. Who's got the contract? Who had to play for a ridiculous contract was Juju. Christian Kirk got the bag last year. Juju is going to be one of the top wide receivers, if not the number one free agent wide receiver. And when you compare him to what Christian Kirk got last year, yeah, money's coming his way. This, okay. this is why it took him so long to get in here, just so we could <laughs> yeah, do so the by podcast. The way, so just to peel the curtain back a little bit, uh, Chris and I waited for Bink, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Like, like 15 Chris comes minutes. in, I said, where's Bink? He said, is he trying to print something off? Yes. And 10, 15 minutes passed, and I said, okay, let me go like, see Like, where him. is he? And he's in there, and he's like, I'm writing some stuff down about Juju, and now we finally get to see why. So let me let me do this, though, because Christian Kirk, I like that you brought it up, because Christian Kirk and Juju are, are they are different players in their skill sets, right? Their production Juju may be similar. 17, he came out 18, well, but same age. Well, Juju, that's not what I was, I was referring to skill set. Juju, the way the Chiefs employed him, a, a lot of across-the-middle stuff, right? You basically use him as sort of this hybrid tight end because he is a big-bodied receiver. He's not like Christian Kirk, where he has at least flashed the potential of being a number one. He is not going to take the top off the defense. He's not beating guys outside consistently. So even if they do bring him back, and let's imagine they use him in the exact same role we saw them use him in in 2022, do you think think there is still a need to go out and get that outside threat that the Chiefs were lacking this past season? They've been looking for that X. Sammy Watkins, they, they haven't got anybody since Watkins. I, I don't actually so first off, I don't think he's gonna get Christian Kirk money. I, I I'm not convinced. Like that contract for Christian Kirk was ridiculous. And we all said that at the it time. It was a market setting deal. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh my God, it means that Tyreek Hill's gonna want even more money than we thought he was gonna get anyways. So to me, it's like, uh, eh, like because <laughs> of the reasons you brought up, 
because of the reasons you brought up. Yeah, I did not. I did not think that uh, that that was going to happen at all. And I, I look at this situation now, and I'm like, even if they re-sign Juju to an extension, I still think they they have to look at receiver because a. Juju hasn't done it. He hasn't done. He hasn't. I mean, last time he had a thousand yards, he was what twenty nineteen. So that was the last time he was really that guy. That that guy who kind of looked like a number one. Even this year, even though he had almost a thousand yards, he never was that. He was never like a true number one on this team. He was, as you brought up, Nick, like a hybrid tight end type, more possession, like catch the ball, go down. He was not going to go out here and, and burn guys down the field. He's he's not the guy that you are going to put the offensive load on. You want to have a guy that's more dynamic physically. It reminds me of a poor man's Anquan Bolden. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I actually think that's a great comparison. But that's why they wanted him so bad two years ago. Yeah. That's why Andy Reid put the full court press on him, which I've never seen him do with any free agent, because they wanted that X, like Sammy Watkins. Yeah. And again, what receivers has Mahomes really had? Besides, is Juju one of the best? Is he number two receiver? He probably is number two. Number two. Yeah, probably number behind two. Behind Tyreek Hill, yeah. Juju, and then Sammy? Yep. Yeah. That's not in a great list. Besides yeah. Tyreek. By the way, I'll put this Adam Schefter just put this out on Monday, even though we're releasing this on Tuesday. This goes into our conversation. You know what? We may just end up releasing this on Monday okay. afternoon. We need to because guess <laughs> At what? This point, At this point, we, we just have keep no choice. News. Per, Adam Schefter, per Adam Schefter, Chiefs and Frank Clark's agent Eric Burkhart were unable to find common ground on a reworked deal during several conversations at the Combine. The expectation now is Kansas City will release the 29-year-old defensive end Frank Clark. Well, they're so going, they're cha- going edge rusher. So that changes things back to edge rushers. They're going thing. edge rusher. As we sit down here and it's tackle and we look at edge rusher, now all of a sudden you've got these other things. Can they find a way to get these guys under a contract to come back to Kansas City? Maybe. But all this starts to change. With, but then you look at the free agent wide receivers. And there's not any out there. No. And you got two of them that are top six in McCole Hardman this, and Juju. This offseason is going to be wild, man. You know what I'm saying? Just, I mean, okay, with stop Chiefs, reporting news during our show. Well, I have to because this well, no, not, not you, live show. not you, not you. Uh, the the insiders got to stop. Yeah, he's talking to Schefter and Rappaport. Yeah. Give us they, a break. They can just stop. Can, I agree. Can we just do our show and then you just break that stuff tomorrow? Well, it does change things completely. It completely does. It changes our show now. Yeah, I'd rather know before it releases than like have it happen an hour after it releases. At which point, oh, our wait, entire show is just kidding. Our entire show would be we'd be dated at that point. But <laughs> Juju fills such a specific role. Yes, he is the second best receiver that Mahomes has had outside of Tyreek. He and Tyreek are nothing. No one would mistake no, these two players with not how, enough. not only what they look like, how they play, how the Chiefs have utilized them. Kansas City had the number one offense in the NFL by basically every metric this last year. And I think it will be remembered as the year where Mahomes evolved his game to take the easy stuff, right? To take the stuff underneath. They're no longer giving you those deep shots downfield, so I am going to dink and dunk you to death, and there's nothing you can do about it, and the second you give me an opening downfield, I'm going to take it, I'm going to kill you with it. But that was never Juju. It was MVS. It was Justin Watson. It was, we saw Noah Gray do it a handful of times. That was never Can't Juju. Can't have a backfield. I mean, it was... Right. So if you bring Juju back, you know what you're getting, and you know how the Chiefs are going to use him, and I think it's a smart play because... The biggest thing, more than anything else, I feel like it takes pressure off Travis Kelsey across the middle. When you have a guy who can give you 75 to 90 catches a year, which is what Juju gave it, it you last had year. had 1,000 had he played all the games. Exactly. But let's put it this way. Chiefs, as you said, Nick, number one offense, number one passing offense, the only team over 300 yards passing per game. Now keep this in mind. 
the unbelievable thing that gets under-talked about nationally, Mahomes did this with no 1,000-yard receivers, except for the tight end, Kelsey. You don't do these type of numbers with receivers that don't at least have 1,000 yards. Spread the ball around, it's 100% So let me ask you this, then. Let me ask you this, Because you do then. not put up these numbers with 1,000-yard receivers. So let me ask you this. But they did. Is that sustainable? Would you would you sit here today and say, yeah, they can do that again next year and the year after that and the year after that? Or are you sitting here saying, let's let's add some talent on the outside. Let's infuse this wide receiver room with a little bit more potential by means of the by the first round of the draft. Whether that's a Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jalen Hyatt, whoever is your guy in the first round, is that still a top priority even with Juju coming back? I, I think it is because what's, when you think of the Chiefs, what's their number one thing? It's the wide receiver. It's moving the football downfield. This team thrives on the offense. You have the two-time MVP in Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs lead this league, not in any category, but offense and passing offense, what they do well. You always have to supplant the talent. And you look at other quarterbacks. They have wide receivers, yes. I mean, you look at Joe Burrow. He said there are Boyd and Higgins and Jamar Chase. It's a lot more talented than the Chiefs have a wide receiver. Now, Chiefs have a better tight end, no question about it. But even Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, you know, Joe Montana, you get Jay Rice and Clark. Or, uh, I mean, he had all these talent. Trell came in with Steve Young. I mean, all these great quarterbacks had great receivers. John Elway had the same thing. Peyton Manning did when he was in Denver as well. What Patrick Mahomes has done is what he did with what Manning did with like Stokely. And Jacob Tammy and guys like that just take, but he had still had Reggie Wade and Marvin Harrison in the apples. Like, no, let's not forget he had them. Tom Brady has done it with less. I will say this, he has because you look back. He also had great defenses too. Right? Well, his best receiver he ever, ever had was Randy Moss. And he, he never, never won, won a ring with Randy win. Moss. <laughs> he would have without David Tyree's catch, but he didn't win. They were an undefeated team in the regular season. And he had Troy Brown, leading receiver on the first one they had. <laughs> who ended up yeah. playing more defensive back than wide receiver the yeah. next year. So he was able to do it, but rarely does that happen. But Brady and Patrick Mahomes, as far as that's concerned, I, I just, I, I know I hate to sit here and say, well, because everybody was freaking out about the pass rush last year, and they had 24 more sacks than they did a season four and finished number two in the NFL. But you look at the Chiefs, what's their MO? What are they about? They're about an offense, an offense that can put points on the board, an offense that's going to continually challenge you each and every week, and you've got to have the horses to do it. It can't just be all on Patrick Mahomes going out there, throwing the forts and Noah Gray and stuff like this. You have got to give them talent. So I see it. Hey, need an offensive lineman. Need edge rusher. Yes, you need all these things. But let's not forget, you do need wide receiver. Yes, the second round last year, they get Sky Moore. Is that your answer? No. I don't I don't see Sky Moore as the number one wide receiver. And Tony could be, but he's got to stay on the field. I, I agree with you on that. I, I think what when the 2021 draft came around, Cincinnati Bengals had the option to go and take Panay Sewell who they were I think we were all sitting around saying you gotta you gotta protect your quarterback. He just tore his ACL because your offensive line is trash. And what did they do? Panay Sewell, right there at, f- at fifth overall, they decided Jamar Chase was a better option for them. And when they needed linemen. Exactly. They needed and they still need linemen. They led the NFL in sacks. Their give offensive it up. line is still trash and yet they played in the last two conference championship games. They made the right choice. They made the right choice. And it's because you can play around a bad offensive line. We've seen the Chiefs do it for years. Now, do you want to subject your quarterback to the kind of danger that Joe Burrow is in? Hell no. But 
his job is a lot easier because he's got some great receivers to throw the ball to because they did not need Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was a win more addition to the team. He was not a guy that made them a contender. He's the one that that put them ahead when they already had a good squad. It kind of limits you in trading if you're Brett Beach. Which right now the Chiefs are sitting with nine. They're they're slated to get two compensatory picks. Um, One third rounder from Ryan Pohl still a second year of that situation. But it might be at 31 where you said they're best player available. I know you hate to hear that, but when you think of tackle, edge rusher, wide receiver, who is the best player we can see affecting this team right now? Because they're going to need these draft picks. Once again, they're going to need them. They're going to need to hit on the third round. They're going to need to hit in the fourth round. They're going to need to hit on some of these draft picks this year for the Chiefs. Another guy that I came out just really, really liking was Jackson Smith Enigma. Now, he didn't uh, run the 40, but he was dominant in other categories and really showed that I think he could be a star in this league. I don't know. Jalen Hyatt, I don't know. It's a boomer bust type of guy. But Jackson, I think, can. And don't forget, he was the best receiver in Ohio State two years yeah, ago. Yeah, both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave I mean, he have stated them. that openly. Yeah, yeah. He crushed him in almost every category. By the and, way, some here's some here's some stats for you for uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, fastest three-cone drill at the Combine. He had the fastest 20-yard shuttle at the draft. Uh, and as you mentioned, his teammates, which I'm always interested in. It's one thing for scouts, anonymous scouts, media coaches, people. media to weigh in on how they think this guy is going to translate. How about the two guys who were just absolute studs the second they hit the NFL saying, yeah, he's better than both of us. That interests me more than what everybody else is Two years ago, here's the numbers. Jackson had 95 catches. Garrett Wilson, of course, first runner, had 70. Chris Olave, 65. 65 for 936. Garrett Wilson, 70 for uh, 1,058. Jackson had 1,606 yards. It was incredible what he did when he was healthy. The hamstring did hold him back, didn't run the 40. A um, couple guys, we didn't, Deuce Vaughn, we didn't see him run the 40. No, he, ran everything else, he doesn't need run. to, though. I know, but we want, I kind of want to see it, though. By the way, <laughs> and, and, and we, we mentioned a lot of records that were broken at the draft. Deuce Vaughn also set a record for being the uh, shortest player ever measured, five foot five inches five, five, yeah. in the history of the NFL yeah, draft. He's little. He's little, but he, he, he's that kid. I, 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 if he ended up on the Chiefs late in the, Built like in the a draft, brick, though. Man, I mean, yeah, he's not. He's he's like a. He's obviously like your third back. So, but man, I'd like him. On the team. One position I'm fairly certain the Chiefs won't be targeting at least at the top of the draft will be quarterback. Now, maybe they'll go after a potential backup. They only have two at least right now in tow for next season later in the draft. But in the first round, they won't be one of the teams. But I think it's pretty fa- safe to assume at this point there will be four well, it was guys. Jackson, not Jalen Hyatt. I, I missed. I stepped out Four of guys who will be drafted from the quarterback spot in the first round. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. Uh, All of those guys, I think you could say, had very impressive showings at the Combine. Bryce Young uh, weighed in at over 200 pounds. I'm guessing right now, if you weighed him, he's under 200? He ate he ate a lot of fast a lot of, food a lot he of on that scale. a lot of fettuccine Alfredo and ice cream the yeah. night before the weigh-in. Uh, Will Levis, turns out, really strong, really good in interviews. Uh, C.J. Stroud... Throws laser beams and Anthony Richardson, probably the best athlete that we've seen in a lot. I mean, have you seen a better no, athlete no, no. at that position? I want to make one thing perfectly clear: Anthony Richardson is the most athletic quarterback prospect in the history of the NFL draft. Here's some numbers: six four two forty four for Anthony Richardson, uh, ten foot nine inch broad jump. That's the best in combine history for a quarterback. 40 and a half inch vertical. That's the best in combine history mm-hmm. for a quarterback. 
4-4-3, 40-yard dash. He's the seventh QB all-time to go sub 4-5. He's the first ever to do it at more than 230 pounds. So whatever questions were out there, and questions will still remain about his actual quarterbacking ability, Anthony Richardson is probably going to be a top 10 pick in this draft. The reason why I bring up quarterbacks, guys, is because we, we discussed this at the beginning of our first episode, which is the characteristic or the, the defining characteristic of a draft will, in in some way, shape, or form, uh, affect in a ripple wave what the Chiefs are able to do at 31. And seeing how impressive this draft class looks, knowing that now there are going to be a lot of teams that might be trying to trade up to get their guy at number one. I'm just wondering, like, is this going to impact the Chiefs? Is this going to make it to where there is a neglected position that they're able to sort of take Unless the Bears of? trade out of their spot, then they end up getting the position the Chiefs want. Well, I think the Bears will trade out of their spot, Put it right? this way. You take the quarterbacks. Chiefs are picking 31. You say all these quarterbacks, they're picking 27th. Okay. Jameer Gibbs, if he goes in the first round, and if uh, Bijan Robinson goes in the first round, that's 25th now. So instead of picking 31, you're picking 25 because two positions the Chiefs aren't going to draft in the first round are going to be off the board. So, again, it comes down to who's still there. Is Quentin Johnson still sitting around there? Because I think there's a, like three wide receivers I think that could be stars. I was a little bit disappointed in Zay Flowers' 40 time. I thought he'd be blazing. But I think Quentin will be. I think Jalen will be. And uh, I think Jackson Smith and Igba will be stars in this league. So those three, if they're still there, who knows what happens. But um, I don't know. Uh, it just this changes everything with the edge rushers and now with the speed these guys have and getting a guy like Keon White and he's I mean there's gonna be so many choices I do believe at edge for the Chiefs even at 31 it could be a Karloftis type pick because again it's not pick 31 they're actually picking probably could they, 25th could they potentially convince Anthony Richardson to convert to tight end or wide receiver and if so would to. you be interested I don't think he'd be interested in that at all oh no he'd lose money on that he, <laughs> he wants, lose a lot of money he, lose a lot of money. he, he wants quarterback or bust and you've heard oh. this before with a lot of these guys yeah. Remember uh, Eric Crouch from Nebraska? They went to yes. move him to safety or whatever. He's like, oh, I'm a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. You know who's sneakily? I, don't blame him. I was looking at some of the Anthony Richards and Anthony Richardson numbers, and they were comparing him to some of the more impressive. You know, Dante Culpepper was a name uh, that was up there. Cam Newton, Michael Vick, guys who had a really impressive combine showings. One of the more impressive combine showings by a quarterback in NFL history. Josh McCowan. Josh McCowan ran a four, sub four six forty. Had like a 36-inch vertical. This guy was ahead of his time. And by the way, amongst these quarterbacks, if this were 2012 instead of 2023, C.J. Stroud would be the number one pick with a bullet because all that guy does is throw laser beams around the field. But it's 2023. We want to see mobility. We want to see your ability to sort of move around in the pocket and do ad-lib stuff, and he is more of a a throwback, which is why it's kind of funny watching his throwing performance at the combine. And I'm like, this guy rips the ball. And he's the one quarterback nobody seems to be talking about. he didn't about. run either. But we know he can run. Right. He didn't run. He, he, CJ didn't run, did he? I don't think he did. No, no I don't think he did. No. I don't think he did. Um, there's going to be choices. And again, you look at some of these quarterbacks. I think Anthony Richardson, just his skill set. I mean, it just jumps off the, off the board. He, you know, he wants the Mahomes comparisons. Like, it's funny we're starting to hear Mahomes' name now with these quarterbacks. Because I've never heard anybody really liking themselves to him. He called him a legend, did he? Yeah. Richard called him a legend. <laughs> him and Tom Brady legend. Yeah, he's very complimentary yeah. of Patrick Mahomes. So we're starting to see that, too. Uh, the Chiefs in position, um, th- there's been talk about them going out and looking at uh, a veteran quarterback to come in here. Seventh round, you throw a dart 
On, say a guy like Stetson Bennett with the four six seven forty. There's the Stetson Bennett. I'm preference. just saying he ran a four six seven. Very <laughs> impressive. They're not going to draft a quarterback. They 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 like Shane Michelle. <laughs> here's the thing though. But all the, ESPN's been putting out a bunch of articles on who they looking for, like bringing in like bringing in Baker Mayfield, these other guys at quarterback, maybe a uh, Tyler Heineke, these guys to come in here and be that backup quarterback. Because one thing the Chiefs do is they want some experience at the quarterback. Obviously, Stetson's not going to give that for you, but Again, there's a laundry list of quarterbacks that could fit. Even Andy Reid said, he's like, you may not like the guy. People may not like the guy, but he may be a good fit. Carson Wentz, another name brought up. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Well, it's got an NFL experience. It's what oh, Andy Reid By the way, likes. since we're doing this, since we're doing the retread quarterback train, uh, this just came out as well. Uh, apparently, Philip Rivers is reported interest of unretiring nope. and returning to football. He's nope. already spoken with the 49ers and the Dolphins. He's coaching down in Alabama in high school football. Why not? <laughs> He's giving it. See that or broadcast. You know, you I <laughs> I do want to I do want to make this point about Anthony Richardson because I I'm a Florida fan. Y'all know that it's in the description of the podcast. It is actually chomp chomp chomp. I it's good for the Chiefs if he goes in the top ten, as you have illustrated here. I do not want him to go in the first round because I don't think he's ready for it. And I don't think it's a good opportunity for him because I worry that he's going to be put in a prominent position to fail. He was not ready to be the starting quarterback of Florida when he got that starting job. He is basically coasting off of his talent. He showed nothing skill set wise. So he needs an Andy Reid type. He is a like to get a harness. If the he, if the Chiefs needed a quarterback and were sitting in this position at thirty one, I would like go go get him. If they still had Alex Smith and we're picking late first round, I'd be like, if he falls to you there, you go get him. I don't see him falling. He's not gonna fall. But he that's what I'm saying. One pick. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, got my home, so that's it's not gonna happen. But to me, it just I'm so afraid of him going because you know if you're. Top 10, you're probably going to go to a bad team. You're probably going to go to a team that needs a quarterback, has probably has a newer, newish coach, and isn't going to be in a position to win anytime soon. He's going to go to a team, and they're going to project him as their savior. And I don't think he's ever going to be that because he needs a lot of time to develop. And it just scares me because I don't want that kid to fail. And I'm worried that he is because he never showed that he was ready to succeed at the collegiate level. <clears throat> I think it's Anthony Richardson is is going to be a case study for years to come because this is a guy who we saw the flashes at Florida last year where all of a sudden I can't remember who the game was against it was about week five or six when he had the the, the massive game and then all of a sudden Mel Kuyper Jr. said he was a top 15 pick and everybody said wait a minute this guy top 15 pick yeah. <laughs> have you watched him throwing the ball yeah. and he's like I don't know man the physical tools are there yeah, there was beginning of the season he was projected to go in the first round by Mel Kuyper and McShay all we heard first round and I remember tweeting out after week two when they played Kentucky and Will Levis and they lost and he showed some flashes but he wasn't great in that game I said he's not ready to go in the draft this year he needs to stay and lo and behold, here he is, probably going to get picked top 10. And I'm just so, I don't want this kid to fail. And I don't think he's going to, he's ready to be an NFL quarterback anytime soon. So glad the Chiefs are in position now to. It's great that we don't have to worry changer. about quarterback. Yes. It's great that we don't have to worry about quarterback here. Well, guys, I had a hypothetical question I wanted to throw at you for this episode. I was really excited about it. I was like, oh, this we'll will be good. Well, n- n- you know what? I came up with the hypothetical. Before the news came oh, out the that news, the Chiefs yeah. were going to not be tagging him, my hypothetical was going to be sign and trade Orlando Brown Jr., move up, draft your left tackle of the future. 
Bink, you already answered. Oddly, you see the beautiful thing about you, Bink, and your, the way your brain works is you answered my hypothetical without me even having to ask it. I we were talking about left tackles earlier in this episode, and you just said, "I'm not." I'm not I, I blame I don't Schefter, and I blame Schefter for this. Oh, you're not even blaming the you're not even blaming the decision makers. You're blaming Schefter for breaking the news. Well, the hypothetical was ruined at the time where you have Orlando Brown news and the Frank Clark news. The hypothetical got ruined. Sorry, man. Bajan Robinson in the first round? No. Why not, man? No. Get, get Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes another toy to play with. Don't. No. Hell no. no. I will say this. Though. I will say this, though. There's guys floating around there. Like fine. Jameer Gibbs. No. Fine. No, here's, fine. The, here's the no. one thing the Chiefs don't have. And I know people love Isaiah Pacheco and the hard runner. Everybody's talking about the angry runs and things like this. He needs to get third and ones. Because Chiefs are last in the league at that. If they don't do quarterback sneaks, you've got to Isaiah Pacheco's got to turn that bad boy from one yard out. He's got bad third vision. One. He's got bad vision. But he's he's, he's one an of those angry guys runner, but he cannot yeah. get the third and one. Because he, he runs into the backs of his linemen on those situations. So many times I, I, I remember watching him on those third and short situations. He gets the ball and literally just runs right into the back of Joe Tooney or Orlando Brown Jr. instead of being patient and finding the hole. But I think he can be that guy. I though. think he can. The way he runs, he I just think, needs to be more patient. Like sometimes. you think a short yardage back potential? Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, he's got to be more that guy. I love the way he runs. You know, I just realized, you know what would be a great way to fix the short yardage situation? Bajan Robinson running back from Texas. Have you seen this guy play? I've seen him the play. The footwork is outstanding. The fastest guy for his 5'11", 215. He's getting Edron James comparisons. I think he'd be a great fit in Kansas City. Pick number 31. No, Sign me up. No. Too many other things. They don't run get. the football enough. <laughs> you know what? I think that when you win the Super Bowl, just like it was the case in 2019, you are allowed some some leeway, right? You get some you get some latitude to maybe make some luxury decisions. I've heard the last you, time. They, what happened the last time the Chiefs won a Super Bowl? What did they do in the first round the next year? Can somebody remind I me, please? Your guy, I have heard I you talk I think about Clyde. We have been on the air together talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. In training camp, we were talking about Clyde, and you swore that Pacheco yeah. was going to take his yeah. job. But it, you, we, we both it, did, and you, we were both right on this. Yeah, but this is different. Of this is different. Dreams, I think actually fits the most only because of his way he can block. And he is like having an extra tackle out there. So you're you willing the, to trade in your Jalen Hyatt dreams stuff. for my Darnell? I'm just saying Washington he kind of fits with this Orlando Brown news. It kind of fits more than what Hyatt does, just because he can go in motion right there, the third and one, be another big blocker coming in through the middle, run right behind him. But he makes a lot of sense to help for protection there with a uh, rookie tackle if that's the direction. I'm they sure went. in a future episode we will discuss tight ends as a class because this is a very strong class and they the show they, they were, there was hype leading into the combine and they backed it up. It was an incredible show. I do think it's interesting when I bring up tight end a lot of times the pushback I'll get is well why would you need to draft the tight end? You already have Travis Kelsey. He has no signs of, of slowing down. You just drafted Noah Gray two years ago. I don't think you can view tight ends in this linear fashion of we have X amount of tight ends therefore you don't need one. Think of it as pass catchers, because I guarantee you that's the way that Andy Reid views it when he's doing it. The Chiefs were one of the most effective offenses in the NFL, maybe the most effective offenses in the NFL, when going with multiple tight end sets. Led the NFL in first downs by it doing is, that. It is, it is simply giving this offensive genius another weapon, and no matter what you give him, no matter what ingredients you give him, he's going to make a delicious meal. That's the way Andy Reid operates. So if you give him another tight end, it doesn't matter if it's Dalton Kincaid or Michael Meyer or Darnell Washington, who are all very, very different tight ends in terms of skill sets. 
And Tucker Craft that I really like. If you think like that tight rider. end is a deeper position than wide receiver, if you view higher upside, higher potential at that spot than you do wide receiver, you don't let Travis Kelsey or Noah Gray keep you from going out and drafting another weapon. And it's, it's, With tight ends, I can honestly see if there is a first-rounder, and I think there will be, the question is how many. Michael Meyer, I do believe, is a first-round pick. Dalton Kincaid, probably another – it's two – and is Washington go in the first round or at the beginning of the second round? Could go. But if I think four tight ends go in the first two rounds, I think it's going to be like that. But I think there's quality of tight end beyond that. When you go Tucker Craft out of uh, South Dakota State, which everybody's like, well, South Dakota State, well, Dallas Goddard came out of South Dakota State. And look at him. He's had a good career. But I just like his measurables and what he does. A lot of size, pass-catching ability coming out with tight ends. I will correct it. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, I had as the three-cone winner in the 20-yard shuttle. That was actually Jackson Smith Enigma that did. But... Jalen so, apologized to Jason. But he was the top-ranked wide receiver with Nick Jen's stats at the Combine, Jalen Hyatt. Number one wide receiver, even over Jackson. He You're trying to give it. him crowns that he didn't even earn. He he was the number <laughs> one receiver in Nick Jen's stats. <laughs> I, I Again, you guys, we talked about this last week, about when you, you brought up Darnell Washington being the uh, guy that you kind of have your, your draft crush mm-hmm. on. The, the Chiefs ran a lot more multiple tight end sets this year because they had to work a shorter game. Yeah. Noah Gray got a lot of time on the field. Fortson, when he was healthy, got a lot of time on the field. And, I mean, they have four tight ends on their roster this year. So it's very important that they have a good good depth at that position. And I think they understand that they're at some point you can't just – keep counting on Kelsey to go out there and, and put the kind of numbers that he is, even though he's defying time. And and so I, I do think at some point they will make an investment at that position again to try and find their future number one tight end. And if it, if, it, if that's how the board falls this year, where at 31, the best pick is for you to go out there and get, get a tight end that you think has the measurables to be the next Travis Kelsey, then that's what you got to do. Because at this point now, Teams are not going to allow the Chiefs to go do what they did with Tyreek Hill years ago, where they can just take the top off the defense. They're going to force the Chiefs to throw shorter and be more rhythmic with how they move the ball down the field, and that means you're going to need some more tight ends. Which so, they could because MBS is 4-3-7 speed. They yeah, didn't really yeah. utilize that. Yeah, they couldn't use it because teams were playing too many too high shells. No. So it's, it is it it is what they're going to have to do, and if that helps them out by getting a, a Darnell Washington or Kincaid-type and that helps them be able to move the ball down the field effectively and do it. And that's what separates, I think, the great tight ends or the great GMs from your average one, which is you don't move minute to minute. You don't move day to day. You are constantly thinking about the future. It may not be a problem now, but a year down the line, two years down the line, we may run into an issue that we don't want to, which may be the reason why the Orlando Brown Jr. news came out today. So I'm sure between now and next Monday, Circumstances will change considerably, and when they do, we will be back with another episode of Character Concerns. Again, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, 610sports.com, or on the Odyssey app. Thank you so much. We will talk to you guys next week.